Welcome to Sports Connection. I'm Darren Joins, Williamson County Schools Athletic Director. Tate, today I am off location. Uh, you've been off location a few times. We had to Zoom last year. Hey, and listen, the show must go on. Hey, the show must go on. You are parts unknown, but we've done this show before with a forklift in the background beeping and birds chirping. Brother, I don't know where you got off to to get your connection, but you did a much better job. Never disappoints, but hey, the show must go on, and it does go on. I was going to tell you, Tate, I want to give a shout out to Mr. Reynolds. I was at Fairview uh, on Friday night. Uh, Alan Reynolds, his dad, gives me a shout and says, hey, listen, watch the show every week. So it's official, Tate. We are up to seven consistent viewers. And also, I was at the the mini Battle of the Woods last week, and I saw Mr. and Miss Hester, who are also big fans of the show. Yes. Oh, Miss Esther, big, big fan. Um, and But sometimes it's um, not always good. She gets a little upset sometimes, especially if we don't say anything good about her baby. But I think you're I think you're cheating us because I don't think you're I don't think you're counting Mr. and Mrs. Joins in the seven viewers either. So I know we got more than that. That's true. Uh, my sister also comes in there strong each week. So maybe we're up to eight, eight viewers. Double, double figures. <laughs> Hey, Tate, before we talk about the first week of region football games, let's talk a little volleyball. Battle of the Woods volleyball style goes to Brentwood 3-1 last week. Uh, Coach Barbara Campbell was in attendance. And, and listen, a couple of things. One, this is the first Battle of the Woods ever without her on the sideline. And how about this for a gym, Tate? 26 straight wins for Brentwood over Ravenwood in the Battle of the Woods. Yeah, and I'm willing to bet that the last time that that happened when Ravenwood did win, I'm willing to bet Tracy Berry was the head coach who brought home a state championship for the Raptors and was a former assistant for Coach Campbell. But my guess is that's the last time it happened. And think about how good Ravenwood's been. I mean, it's yeah. not like we're talking about uh, a program that's not really good. So that goes to show you the strength of Brentwood. It was very exciting. It was one all after two sets. And then the last two sets were 25-22, both in favor of Brentwood. Dylan Salser, eight kills, 29 assists, 10 digs, two aces. Ashley Miller, 13 kills. Zoe Odom, 11. Meredith Moody, 27 digs. So Big time matchup. Uh, they'll be seeing each other again, obviously. Without a doubt. Yeah, it, it's um, they. I, I was following it on Twitter. I was about as close as you can get with with uh, with not coming away with the victory. So Ravenwood knows they were in it, knows they had a chance to win it. That thing could have gone either way. So very excited to see when these two get together again. And then you know you're talking about uh, Meredith Moody. You know what a dig is, right? Twenty seven of them. Yes, getting down and dirty. <laughs> she had to have been sore the next day. No doubt. Hey, Ra Ravenwood, Bella Lapore had 25 digs, five assists, four aces. Tanya Sickling with 17 kills. Hey, more volleyball. How about this one, Tate? Nolensville also defeated Ravenwood earlier in the week, 3-1. Coach Young, Nolensville, they continue to get better every week. Every week, Maggie Rickert. 
really, really coming into her own. We know about Avery Young. Um, you know, she's been a part of it the last three years. But with the, the, the superstars that graduated last year, some holes to fill, needed somebody to stand up. And Maggie Rickard's really taken that by the bull by the horns, for lack of a better term, 23 kills. It's, it's every game, too. She is, she's really become uh, one of the leaders, at least offensively, on the Lady Knights. Karen Knox, a freshman with 12 kills. Maggie Allred, a sophomore with eight, six blocks. So, as you mentioned, uh, we got some folks stepping up. And then Avery Young, six kills, 11 digs. Franklin had a big 3-1 win over Centennial last week. Brentwood defeated Franklin 3-0. Soccer, Tate, we had Franklin Independence in a very tight matchup. Avery Brown with the lone goal for Franklin. Brentwood, a 4-0 winner over Summit. And here's one that maybe is a little surprising. Nolansville, one nothing over Ravenwood. Oh, well, I, you know, we talked about that at the beginning of the preseason show and what Coach Barnes has got going on at that soccer program, runner-up and double A-double-A. And, and he, he's a lot like what Coach Hudson did in baseball and what Coach Young did in volleyball when they were in A-double-A. He scheduled a lot of his non-region games, non-district games, with with triple a teams and had a lot of success with them so uh, i know they're not surprised they feel like they were going to come in and compete right away and expected to do so coach shelton of nolensville oh right. my gosh I, I, eric, eric i'm sorry yes correct eric so shelton you... eric barnes of, of page tennis i got my eric's confused correct thank you <laughs> apologies <laughs> Hey, no, no problem. No problem at all. Hey, here's another one for you, Tate. Here's another one. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Will Coe at the next level. Peyton DePriest, Franklin graduate, scored her 50th goal at MTSU, and now she is the all-time leading goal scorer in Conference USA. I did see it. Great honor. Well-deserved. Um, it... it... <laughs> It was bittersweet for me. I was very excited for her. I thought it was very cool. And then it got me on my soapbox. I just don't understand why MTSU feels like they have to go recruit in South Carolina and Florida and Georgia. Uh, why don't you just come down here and recruit these nine schools right here and you'll find enough players. Obviously the soccer program sure did. Yes. Hey, here's one for you, Tate. Uh, uh, school out of Bardonia, New York. Albertus Magnus High, they came in, played Brentwood and Ravenwood. Uh, Brentwood, they played to a 2-2 tie, and then they defeat Ravenwood 1-0. Now, uh, yes, uh, you, you travel all the way from New York, and you get a 2-2 tie with Brentwood, and you beat Ravenwood 1-0. Pretty good matchups, I'm assuming, there for Brentwood and Ravenwood. Yeah, I would say good competition for both of them, one that they could build off of, and, and uh, you're right. I uh, this is an old you, – you, you have Coach Cardwell-isms. I've got Coach Flat-isms. Uh, Coach Flat always says, hey, he says, if, uh, if uh, somebody's willing to travel 13 hours to play you, uh, they're either really good or they're really dumb. <laughs> I'm going with really good. <laughs> hey, let's talk a little golf. Teddy Craig now, listen, last few weeks we've been talking big time about Ravenwood. They get a win. Now, not in our district anymore, but nonetheless, they go up against Dixon County. And in golf, when you face off with Dixon County, yes. it's pretty darn 
competition, Ravenwood boys win by 12 strokes. Michael Hack, a three under 33. Connor Caparos, a 34. East Stout, a 37. Finn Carto, Ty Schmidt, 39s. Big time win there for Ravenwood and Coach Craig. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's uh, Dixon County Golf. That's the one they hang their hat on. That's the one where they uh, they know they can come in here and compete and, and, and usually be successful. So that's a big win. But Mr. September doing what he does. And uh, your man, Michael Hack, Wilco guy, assuming, willing to bet, he's probably going to be a, a Wilco finalist again this year. Certainly looking that way. Hey, on the girls' side, they won by 29 strokes. Holly Hack, a four over 40. Emily Nelson, a 41. Hannah Ruth Walton, a 43. Now, listen, again, going back to that being a big win, uh, Dixon County plays all those matches on at the Greystone course, which is a really good course out there in Dixon. It's no Skyview Country Club, but it no. is. A well, it's a little bit bigger, a little more spread out. Definitely doesn't have the personality nor the amenities that the Skyview Country Club does but it is a really really nice course and you know you never know you could go out there and see coach Jay Palace and uh, uh, Bob Walcott out there so it's nice but um, no no Skyview for sure the restaurant not even in the same conversation hey Brentwood boys and girls both playing well uh, both get big wins over Summit this past week so Golf definitely rounding into form. Looking forward to the postseason. That'll be coming up soon. Cross country had some teams out running during the Labor Day weekend uh, at the Victor Ash Classic in Knoxville. The Independent Boys finished third out of 22 teams. Nate Martinez finishes seventh on the girls' side, fourth place uh, from, from the team. Julia Halterman finishes seventh. Then in Nolensville, they head out to Lexington, Kentucky for the Bluegrass Invitational. The girls finished third out of 22 teams. And Tate, here's that name again. Yeah. Kirstie Gall, the winner, she's a freshman. She's 2-0 and now. She won by over a minute in her race. Yeah, that's two in a row, right? And as that's a freshman, right. so she's definitely thrown her hat into the mix. Of, I mean, thrown her name into the hat of who's the best cross-country runner in the county. Big time, she won – uh, the one two weeks ago by over 24 seconds, I believe. Now she wins this one by a minute. Not trying to be funny in, in cross country. That is, it, that's like, that's an eternity. That's like the old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he wins the race and files his nail and takes a nap. And, <laughs> literally, she had time to take a nap. That's, that's very impressive. Is it fair to say that this may be our first uh, cross country boat race? Oh, big time. Not a doubt. That's what I was thinking. Hey, listen, on the boys' side, Jack Gleason Schlitt, he finishes 28th for Nowensville, over 200 runners. So, again, another great result for a Nowensville runner doing a great job out there. All right, let's talk a little football, Tate. Game recaps for week three. We're going to start with Brentwood. Uh, they hosted Summit. Summit comes out on top 27-14. Summit ranked number four in the latest AP poll. I think this one may have been a little bit closer than some expected, not, not us. I mean, you talked about last week that Brentwood's one of those programs, when you think they're down and out, they'll step up and compete, and they sure did. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it was a surprise to Coach Coleman. He expected them to come out and play hard and play tough because that's just what they do there. You know, there's there's a history of it since going all the way back to 1982. And, and they've got a lot of talent, just uh, lost some tough games, right? And um, so I, I, the only thing that surprised me was that they were able to keep it as close as they did and turn it over six times. So the Brentwood defense must have played really, really well considering who they were going against. Um, but – uh, you know, Coach Coleman expected a dog fight, and he got one. But I think that's really, uh, if you're talking one side of the ball, there's a lot of individual um, performances to talk about. But, but, but as far as one of the units, the offensive or the defense, the story of the game has to be six interceptions uh, by the Summit Spartan defense. If, with what they can do on offense, if they can cause that many turnovers in a game, I don't think there's anybody that can beat them. Brady Pierce, three interceptions for Summit. Again, a name that we always talk about. Now, Summit set the tone, opening possession. They take it 80 yards in 13 plays. They eat up six and a half minutes of the clock. On that particular drive, Destin Wade, four rushes for 34 yards. He was also three of three passing uh, for 25 yards. Again, this is on that first drive. Keaton Wade then scores on a four-yard rushing touchdown. So, Big-time drive to open the game. They definitely set the tone for what the rest of the game was going to be in terms of physically running the ball. No doubt about it. They took up over half the first quarter, and you don't even get the ball. You know, you, you saw a lot of those your time at Beach. Coach Crabtree did a lot of those with, with those Buccaneer teams he had, and it, it really does, man. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, you almost – it's demoralizing a lot of times, you know. So uh, – again, for them to keep it as close as they did. But a lot of times when that happens on the first drive, uh, you know, it just, it, like you said, it sets the tone and it changes the tone for the entire game. So, but th that's pretty dang impressive there when you can do that. And you mentioned the Wade brothers, over 200 yards rushing combined, four touchdowns. Uh, man, that's just a, that's a two-headed monster that I don't know anybody else boasts. But, and back to that offensive line that, that you talked about at the beginning of the year. Right, four of the five starters coming back from the state championship team. Coach Coleman talked about him again in the paper this weekend. Just he said he just loves to coach him, man. Every day going out there and coaching those five is a joy. They're smart, they're tough, um, you know, and and definitely a bright spot on this team. Brentwood had actually cut the score to 21-14 on a Jake Brock touchdown run. Scott Collins was big time on that particular possession with five rushes for 46 yards. Brentwood ends up getting the ball back, but they fumble. Another turnover. We talked about that earlier. And then Destin Wade on a one-yard touchdown run to make it 27-14, pretty much over from there. But uh, some costly mistakes from Brentwood. I think they'll take some positives from the game. Aaron Walton, 10 receptions, 93 yards, uh, being one of those positives that they'll take away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it, uh, we got to mention, you were talking about Brady Pierce, our man Brady, Brady Pierce, three interceptions one of them was down on the goal line inside the five and they tried to run a tebow-esque pass and the jump, he pass. the jump pass the jump pass and brady sniffed that thing out and picked it off i mean ball hawk he is a he's something man i mean that's you know as good of a player is he, he's so heady maybe the smartest guy out there on the field that you know that's that was big time Next matchup, our WCTV game of the week, Independence 35, Centennial 0. 
Uh, this one from the first play, the tone was set. Jack Rummel, a 98-yard TD on the opening kickoff. Indy then forces Centennial on a three and out. The first play from scrimmage, Joseph Cummings, a 50-yard TD pass to River Katina. And from there, really, Independence never looked back. Centennial was never really in this game. Never were. And like you mentioned, you can't, you can't let that happen on the first play. Uh, you knew you were going to have to win the special team battles uh, it, to, to, be, to, to be in this game and win this game and then to give the first one up like that on a, a kickoff return. All that does is give Independence momentum and really tough to recover from that. But what a great breakout game by Joe Cummings. Uh, we, we, everybody got to see what Coach Blade was talking about in the preseason. Uh, tough first two games, no shame in those. Uh, I think 99.9% .9 of the teams in the state would have a tough – game against those two, but you saw what he's talking about. Kid's got a big-time arm. He's got some big-time weapons. And really, you hate it for Centennial, but you, you love to see it for Independence, them have that success and, and really kind of get this thing jump-started. Let's take a look at this week's WCTV Play of the Week, and this actually put Independence up 21-0. We're shallow here on the right side of the field. Two split left wide, single back in the shotgun. Cummings has the ball, he's looking quick, looking long, going deep, has his receiver. Wow, 73 yards to number nine, Daniel Morales. Just matching up, the safety just did not help out over the top and Cummings right on the money. Cummings there does a good job looking off. He looked, he toys with the outside route there underneath for just a hair and then says, no, thank you, sir. I'm going to go for the long ball. Yeah, not a whole lot you can say about that on the Centennial side. He had great coverage as the cornerback. Maybe, you know, who knows what they were in, so you don't really know what their responsibilities are. <laughs> Would have liked to have had some over-the-top safety help on that. But I don't even know that it would have mattered. That ball was literally perfectly thrown. It was put right where it was supposed to be on stride. And, and we've heard about Katina and Rommel and Lockwood. Uh, but there you go right there. Morales showed he needs to be in that conversation as well. I think maybe if you'll look, Lockwood's down there in the, in the slot. I think maybe he garnered a little more of the safety's attention than he needed to be. But bottom line is this. That was a perfect throw by our man, Joe Cummings. Independence defense only allowed six first downs, 58 total yards. On the offensive side, Trey Hartwell had a rushing TD. Katina also caught a uh, touchdown pass one and a half minutes into the third quarter. In fact, that made it 35-0 from there. Uh, no more scoring. Centennial bright spot, 51 yards from Josh Forsey but he did have to have 24 rushes to get it. Obviously, Independence loaded up against the run and Mr. Forsey. Yeah, I think you're going to see more and more of that of the year as the year goes on, right? You're probably going to see that. Um, they all share the films, but they were able to do – that's what I was going to say. I'm looking at it from the Independence lens. They were able to do something that the first two teams could not do. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's really – so much of a, a black eye on Centennial. It, it was more about what Independence was able to do on defense. Uh, that's another, but you know, another another example of how tough of a kid and how tough of a uh, runner Forsey is. Right, twenty four carries for fifty one yards. That was he earned his he earned his paycheck 
Friday night. Um, tough kid, man. And maybe the stat of the game that we haven't mentioned is time of possession. Over 32 minutes for or for Independence, only 15 for Centennial. That's going to be a long night for your defense there. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, let's talk about Fairview, ranked number six in the AP poll. They open up the turf field era with the 41-27 win over Stewart County. Hey, in this one, uh, going back to what we talked about last week, it avenges last year's loss there at the end of the season, which broke that Fairview streak of over 20 straight games uh, in the region, four straight uh, region titles. Fairview goes down in this one early. 14 nothing, but by the half, they had actually cut it to 2014. And keeping this in mind, in the first half, they had a field goal attempt blocked that was uh, that Stewart County took back for a touchdown, also a pick six with a total of three turnovers. So to only be down 20 to 14 at the half, Fairview had to feel pretty good about that. And they come out strong in the second half, scoring 34 points, excuse me, they scored uh, 27 points of their own there in the second half. And, and once they get that running game going, landing Layden uh, Grant was big time on the ground. Tate had three rushing touchdowns uh, for Fairview. Craw Crawford Claxton had 112 yards rushing. Kennedy Pendergrass, 90 yards, a total of 365 rushing yards. Yeah, and that's what I love about Coach Hughes, right? I mean, he, he takes – you hear a lot of coaches talk about we're going to – what are you going to look like on offense this year? Well, he's going to take uh, the talent that we have and what we're good at, and that's what we're going to do. And he's he's really done that this year. You know, they've really become a running-the-ball team, which that's really not Coach Hughes' DNA, right? He likes to fling it around and be a little more flashy than that. But we knew about Crawford Claxton. You knew he was a threat in the running game. And now to see Layden Grant develop, like you mentioned, over 100 yards and three touchdowns. They got a two-headed monster in, in the running game. And – and with what Kennedy does, Kennedy's one of those guys. Uh, he's gonna, you know, he's he's gonna contribute in the running game and in the passing game, and that's what they want him to see, right? This offense isn't gonna be one where you see the quarterback go out and throw for 300 plus yards, but that's okay. Uh, we're really good at running the ball, and and he can throw it just enough to keep them honest. So you're right, the development of Layden Grant in the running game that's big time. That'll make him be honest on Crawford Claxton. 365 rushing yards against Stewart's Creek. Uh, I bet nobody else does that this year. That's very impressive. Ravenwood. Uh, Stewart County, excuse me, Stewart County. Stewart County, yes, Stewart County. Hey, Ravenwood, ranked number seven in the AP poll, a big 46-10 win over Franklin. Again, breaking in their new turf field this past week. Very dominant fashion, and it's 20 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. It's 33-3 to three at the half. Really a dominant performance by Ravenwood all night long. They get like 500 yards of offense. Quarterback Chris Parson accounted for three of the scores, two passing, one rushing. Uh, that young man had 275 yards of offense, and it's not like he played all four quarters, so big night for Parson. Yeah, those are Destin Wade kite numbers, 275 yards of total offense, didn't even play the fourth quarter. I would definitely say uh, that is Mike Bobo, quarterback approved for sure. And I uh, don't know if you saw it in the, in the paper, but Coach Hester said that this was the best game that Chris has played as a Raptor. Remember, the expectations for him are so high. There's only been three. Two, uh, two touchdowns from three different Raptors on the night. Katura Chapman, Carter 
pace, Lee Millette. The defense limited Franklin to 51 yards, nine tackles for a loss. Franklin did get a touchdown late in the game. It's their first of the year. A rushing touchdown with one minute left from Rocco Benea. Hey, and Coach Melton said, we just got to keep focusing on every day, trying to get better. We got to come back to practice and work hard for this week's game. It's the right attitude, right? It's all you can do. Hey, Nolensville, welcome to Region 65A, no low. 53 to 6 over Lincoln County. They get 449 yards of total offense. And this is definitely Bobo approved. Kobe <laughs> Walton, the junior quarterback, 18 for 26, 326 yards, three touchdowns. Tate, he already has over 1,000 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. Mr. Walton knows something about playing under center or behind center, right? under center oh no doubt about it I think that if you are to take an early preseason poll of the Mike Bobo quarterback of the year award list Colby's got to be at the very top uh but now I'm telling you coach Derek told me from the very beginning this young man is going to be a special special quarterback if we can protect him he's going to put up big yards I don't uh, you know I, I, I if coach Derek tells me something I believe it Dang, I don't even think he knew this. And, and again, over 67% completion. So that's unbelievable, doing a great job, um, you know, and it was really fun to see them get on track uh, because uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that what happened on the way home, uh, Coach Derek picked up his boat <laughs> and uh, he headed down to Lake Wilson down in Alabama where his wife's family's from over the, over the holiday weekend, boat captain city this weekend for the, the head night for sure. Hey, Samson Johnson, 110 yards on 10 carries, three touchdowns. Also, and I love this, adding this to his game, six receptions for 114 yards and a touchdown. Your man, Samson Johnson, just keeps getting in the end zone. Keeps getting in the end zone. There's four on his way to 25 or whatever we put on him, the over-under. Doesn't matter. He's going over. And uh, you're right. A lot of running backs can't catch out of the backfield. But uh, Samson can, and he's been proving that. And what a whole nother dimension that puts to the uh, to that offense. So I think they already knew it, but I, I'd say that region uh, 6-5-A, is that – they're 6-5-A, right? That's correct. Uh, I think – I think <laughs> – I think everybody knows, uh-oh, this might be a two-horse race, the Patriots and the Knights. So, And, and hey, uh, the, the, the passing game, you know, what's been fun is not only has Kobe put up big numbers, but he, he spreads it around a lot, you know. What, what do we see every week? Samson Johnson, Ben Coggin with a touchdown. Chance Fitzgerald, I think he's had a touchdown in the other every other week. So uh, it's not just like he's got one weapon. He's really spreading it around. On the defensive side, Brandon Lawrence gets a scoop and score. Taylor Wynn with a couple of sacks. Our final game this week, uh, you can leave that hat on, by the way. Number four, Page in the AP poll. They defeat Spring Hill 47-6. Welcome back, Jake McNamara. Three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Pretty good way to start out region play for Page last week. No doubt about it, and, and uh, great to see Jake back. Got banged up in the first half of the Battle of 840. He's back. Uh, wow. How would you like to 
beat Coach Rathbone and know you've got two quarterbacks on your on your roster, one Mr. Hurd and then Jake McNamara. So, yeah, big win for them. Uh, Coach Rathbone, not so much a late guy. He was he was he wasn't on the forty foot Donzi, but he was probably on his he was on his tracker down at the Duck River. Nonetheless, he had his boat captain hat and glasses on for sure. All right, Tate. Let's talk uh, next week's or this week's games and pickums. And just to review, last week the fans, Doctor Qualls and myself, we all go undefeated. You have one blemish on your record last week, five and one, the Centennial Independence game. Now we have the fans that are 13 and eight. Dr. Qualls, myself, and Tate, we're all 14 and seven. So listen, going into week four, it's really tight now, really tight. Fans, keep voting. WCSCO Athletics on Twitter every Friday. Tate, you came back to the pack a little bit. I did. I did. Uh, you all have definitely raised your game. That's what's – I don't think it's so much me coming back. I think you guys have just elevated the play, man. The basketball guys are starting to figure this football thing out a little bit. Well, we're trying, Tate. We're trying. Hey, let's talk Let's talk about this week's games and pick them. So, we're going to start with Brentwood 0-3 at Henry County. Brentwood makes that long trip down to Paris, Tennessee before next week's Battle of the Woods game. Henry County had a big 49-18 region win over Kenwood after a blowout loss to Summit and a 17-7 loss to Beach in week two. Tate, let's start with you. Who you got? Brentwood at Henry County. Well, I made up my mind I'd never, ever pick Henry County again after I picked them against Summit. Uh, but I'm not only not going to pick them for that, I just don't know that it's good for my health. I got a little nervous the last time I did that, but that's not why. I've told you, Brentwood's the best 0-3 team in the state. I think Coach Finch gets his first head, uh, head coaching win uh, this Friday night. I agree. I think Brentwood goes down to Henry County and takes care of business. They'll be fired up 1-3 and three going into that Battle of the Woods game next week. Centennial versus Antioch. It's homecoming for Centennial. Looking to get well after last week, Antioch with two losses, 50-6 to six to the state juggernaut Lebanon, 5-6 to Cane Ridge. Listen, Centennial gets back on the horse. They're 3-1 and one after this week, Tate. Hey, nothing like, nothing like after what happened Friday night, we got to get this thing behind us and we got to move on. This is exactly what the Cougars needed. They go back to Popcorn City again this week, no doubt about it. Mr. Forsey eating popcorn in the fourth quarter. Fairview, two and one, to host a very good, a very, a very challenging game with Westview, who's two and one. Fairview, after this week, will have four in a row on the road. Tough, tough game for Fairview. Who you got, Tate? It's tough. Normally, I wouldn't even think about it, but when a, when a five-star quarterback comes to town, not a three-star, not a four-star, uh, that's got to raise your eyebrows a little bit. Now, he doesn't play defense, and I don't think Westview can stop the Yellow Jackets. I don't know. I don't know enough about any of them, but I know where you're going, so I'm going to separate this a little bit. I'm going to go with Westview and Ty Simpson, and that's the only reason. I'm going Fairview. You knew I was I know. Going Fairview. You're trying to get a little separation again. And maybe it's just an excuse because you feel bad. Mr. Reynolds out there watching. 
big fair or picked against Fairview. By the way, the villain Tom Kreger claims he's coming to this game. I let him know there is no doubt where the pregame, postgame meal needs to be. One Snappy's Pizza. Our next game, Franklin versus Stewart's Creek. Stewart's Creek been off a couple of weeks uh, for COVID games. Uh, so actually, Stewart's Creek, I guess, is, is one and two. Is that our 0 and 3, correct, Tate, when you're talking about the COVID losses? Yes. Uh, the first game they lost to Smyrna in very unfortunate fashion, 14 to 12. It's a chance for Franklin to get a win. It's in front of the home crowd. My prediction is Tate, the Admirals, Coach Melton, he gets his first win as head coach of Franklin. I agree. Very unfortunate way to lose to the Bulldogs. Did I tell you that story? Yes, you did. Yes. So I don't even know if the kicker is going to be there for Stewart's Creek this week. I'm with you. The Admirals get the first win of the 2021 season. Our next game, another tough game for Independence out of the region. Looking to build on that win over Centennial. They take on Pope John Paul. They won last week over Father Ryan, 21-14. Also wins over Hillsboro. And believe it or not, this is a name of a team. Uh, they got a big win over Pure Youth Alliance. <laughs> In this game, Tate, Indy at Pope John Paul. Hey, that's a big-time win. Pure Youth Alliance, they play in the region with Bishop Sycamore, man. Don't be, be bagging on that win. That's a, that's a tough – it's a tough – they travel the nation. <laughs> Who you got, Tate? I, you're not going to like it. Kenny Minchie, he's up there in that class of 2023 quarterbacks. Chris Parson, Marcel Reed, Kenny Minchie. They're really good. I'm going with the Knights. I'm going independence. You know I'm not picking against Indy in this one. Never. Our next game, Nolensville, one and two at Innsworth. Uh, Innsworth had a win last week over our buddy Coach Crawford, 45-19 at Christian Brothers Tate. I'm taking Nolensville in this one. Well, Kobe White, he's gonna have a I mean Kobe's gonna have another um, big night passing. Um that Innsworth offense is pretty dang explosive, man. I'm going with the Tigers. Wow, that's three different. Yep. Going to get some separation potentially this week. Page at Coffee County. I think this is one we're going to agree on. I think we're both going to pick the Patriots here, correct? Very good chance Coach Rathbone could be on the Duck River again next Saturday. All right, our next game, Ravenwood, two and one, hosting Life Christian Academy out of Virginia. They're three and one overall. They play a national schedule. They already have wins over Miami International. God be from Tallahassee. They did lose to Milton, Georgia last week, 34-14. They've got a big lineman who has an offer from Clemson. They have another with an offer from North Carolina. They have Purdue and Louisville offers. So this is going to be a really, really talented team. What do you see happening in this one, Tate? I hate to do it. I hate to do it. But uh, I'm going to go Life Christian Academy. I I'm sorry, Miss Hester. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance. I don't hate to do it, and I will do it. I'm picking Ravenwood. There you go. There's going to be a big gap next week, one way or the other. <laughs> no doubt. All right, I Tate. bet we don't disagree on this next one. No, I say we're going to be right in line. Our next matchup, 
Summit will be hosting Brentwood, or excuse me, Blackman, who's two and one. Blackman uh, with a win over Brentwood earlier, and then they had that COVID win over Gallatin. They did lose to Riverdale last week, 49-18. It's the first home game for Summit. Tate, Summit is going to roll. The Sparties are going to roll. Destin Wade, Tecmo Bowl performance. Coach Kreisky, the other Coach Kreisky, is the head coach of the Riverdale Warriors. I promise you he had shared that film with Coach Coleman by 11-15 Friday night. Coach Coleman is – I don't know where he likes to go to the lake, but he is he's on the 40-foot Donzie. You can go ahead and book that one. All right, Tate. Well, yeah, hey, listen, this is going to be maybe dubbed Separation Friday. We talked about last week potentially being separation. Listen, that was only one game. We have four games we're at odds, so can't wait to see what happens. Hey, this one, it could – separate it so much one way or the other that you can't make it back up i hope that's you I, no I, yeah i hope i hope it's you <laughs> yeah Tate, appreciate you being here i know it's a little bit different when we're not in person but uh definitely appreciate you stepping up and thanks to the folks at wctv for stepping up and allowing us to do this through zoom hey nothing can hold lance creed and heather back they got it and as always, they did not disappoint, brother. Have fun. Thank you for joining us for Sports Connection. We'll see you next time.